So good morning, everyone. Uh, just uh, a couple of general things. Um, first is uh, that we'll have groups today in the, at 12.15 and at 4.15. Um, so please check if you think that you should have a group today. Um, and these will be the last groups uh, for the retreat. There won't be group meetings tomorrow. And uh, the schedule for tomorrow, tomorrow will be a full day, um, but the schedule will be up for it. It's going to be very, very slight changes in the schedule um, in the afternoon. Um, the schedule will be up by the 3.30 session uh, today on the notice board, so you can have a look. I'm smiling because I'm, I'm, yeah, as the days progress, I feel more and more that I'm in Finland rather than in uh, urban Tel Aviv, which is really very lovely um, feeling. <laughs> um, you know, I can kind of see more and more trees and green and open spaces. I can get a feeling of that. So, yeah, I really appreciate um, the beauty of practicing outside, I think, for, for, for those who can do that, really. Uh, really lovely, really beautiful, and then that gift that's shared with the rest of us that you know might are not able to do that perhaps in the same way. So um, I'd like to this morning um, continue to unfold the meditation instructions and um, continue to unfold them in relation to uh, some of what I spoke of last night, in particular. So, um, as we've been practicing over the days, we've been um, using practices that initially very much um, prioritized the cultivation of, of samadhi and of well-being, and then also brought in insightful ways of relating and looking at our experience. And as we've done that, yeah, hopefully... There, there have been at least moments yeah, when you've experienced some release, um, relief and ease from the practice, from the way you've been practicing. And yesterday in the talk, um, we explored two things. Yeah, how the sense of dukkha, of dis-ease, how that is built up and then also um, ways that um, that can be lessened and we can have a relief ease uh, within our experience. And I'd just like to kind of um, repeat that sense of the building up of how our experience is built up, all experience, and particularly, particularly the experience of, um, of dukkha, of ill-being, of uh, bumpy ride, of friction and contraction. So this chain, yeah, the contact yeah, through the sense doors. Then the Vedana, the unpleasant or pleasant or neither one or the other. Then that some degree of resisting or reaching out, the push-pull. Yeah. And that escalates, layers of escalation, the craving, the clinging. Um, that come with contraction and friction and with dukkha. Yeah, they arise together. They arise together. And so... Um, to, to give another example of this, so we might have a peaceful meditation experience. Yeah. 
we might be experiencing some peace relatively in our practice. Yeah, so that's the, the contact, that's the sense contact, there's peacefulness. And then that is pleasant yeah, for us, that's the Vedana. And then, typically, we want more of it, <laughs> or we want to hold on to it. Yeah, we want it not to change. Do you see, we do this. <laughs> Come closer or don't go away. Yeah, or I want more. And that's the process of the escalation. Um, the grasping, the friction, the contraction, the craving, the dukkha, and the sense of self all arise together in that, in that process. Yeah. And of course the same thing happens with the unpleasant. So we might be um, practicing here and there may be an unpleasant sound arising in our environment. Yeah. As we're meditating or listening, there's, un- you know, there's a sound, it's unpleasant, and then there's the, the pushing away of it. I don't want it, it's getting in the way, I can't practice like this. Yeah. And then with that friction, contraction, pushing away, which is the craving and clinging, then the, the dukkha um, arises. So that's how um, you know, this whole process comes up. And what's particularly interesting for us is that relationship that mutual arising, mutual dependency of dukkha, craving, contraction. Yeah, these three coming together. When there's one, the others are also present. Yeah. When there's dukkha, there's craving, for sure. And there's contraction. Yeah. And kind of we can swap them around in the dance, move them around. But when there's one, the others will also be there. So what have we been doing when we've been practicing at those moments at least, yeah, at least moments, (laughs) hopefully more than moments, but at least moments when there's been ease, when there's been relief, when there's been release, when there's been well-being. Um, What have we been doing to allow that? So in a general sense, all the practices we've been doing uh, relax that contraction and friction. Yeah, they relax the craving. Yeah, and therefore, the dukkha goes down, the well-being goes up. Um, and so, in all the practices that we've been doing, when we've been paying attention to the pleasant, yeah, tuning into the pleasant in our experience, that actually, just the tuning into the pleasant actually uh, decreases the sense of contraction. Um, when we've been opening to the unpleasant yeah, on day two, opening to the unpleasant in different ways in the body, the discomfort in the body. Yeah, again, we are relaxing the contraction, relaxing the resistance, yeah, relaxing the craving. Uh, when we've been working with the Vedana lens, yeah, staying at that level of the Vedana, this is unpleasant or this is pleasant and not building up again. So there's no build up or there's less build up or there's an easing off from this kind of build-up intensity, escalation of um, the contraction, the friction, the dukkha, the craving. And similarly, when we've been deepening into an attitude of metta, of joy, of compassion, yeah, those practices too, those attitudes too, what do they do? Yeah. 
So if we look more closely at examples of our practice, um, when uh, we emphasize, highlight, prioritize an attitude of metta as a practice, an intention of metta or of compassion or of um, nourishing joy, the field itself of the practice is open. Yeah? It's more expansive. It's more responsive. And the more open, the more expansive, the more responsive the field is, yeah? and I'm showing this with my body, <laughs> I, I, my hands kind of they're very essential um, apologies to whoever is going to be listening to this just as a recording so when when there's more openness then there's less contraction <laughs> yeah it just works in that way and we know that when we're feeling friendly yeah when we're feeling at ease it's more openness more expansiveness something happens doesn't impact us in the same way. We don't go as contracted and as limited. So that's kind of um, what happens with the meta-compassion joy attitudes. If we think about the practice of the stretched awareness, for example, yeah, we're stretching the awareness. We're opening out the field. And as we're doing that, also because we're working with an awareness that shrinks, yeah, and then we open it out again. We're tuning in to the um, pliability, plasticity, elasticity of the field. Yeah, we're tuning into that. And as we're tuning into that aspect of our experience, ah, it's more elastic. It's more pliable. It's more flexible. It's more fluid than we tend to think it is. That also yeah, reduces um, the degree of rigidity and stuckness and contraction yeah so so kind of just wanting to open that out how how are these practices actually working what are they actually doing in the context of um, how we're viewing um, the dharma today how we're looking at it today so you know as we're stretching the awareness we're not forcing it to open right going with that um, I said in one of the groups the image that I always use is pizza dough so it's this plasticity, this doughiness of our awareness, plastic, plastic, elastic, stretchable, yeah. And so in that stretchability, there's fluidity, yeah. And there's less, uh, even you know, when the contraction comes, it's more natural, more easy to open it out uh, through the practice. And so there's more space for experience and less um, contraction. So hopefully that makes sense so far. And as always, there'll be time for questions um, at the end of the session. Um, so yeah, so bearing that in mind, that's the practice we've been, that's how we've been practicing so far, how the practices we've been doing, how they relate um, to the, this uh, way of seeing the buildup of experience and particularly the buildup of dukkha and its easing. Um, and so really this uh, one line, if we can remember, I said I said it a lot last night and I'm saying it a lot this morning, that craving dukkha contraction, yeah, they co-arise. Co yeah, when one is there, the others are there. Come up together. And um, we have this fantastic mechanism to explore this with, yeah, this body and this awareness, yeah fantastic mechanism that we're gifted with 
to, to explore this directly with. So when there's contraction, we can feel it in the body space. Yeah, and when I say body, it can be physically in the body and it can be in what we sometimes call the energy body, which is more this field of awareness that we kind of can uh, connect to when we're stretching the awareness. Yeah, it's just a field of awareness um, surrounding the body, containing the body, same field of awareness that we um, contact or um, inhabit and body when we stretch the awareness to sound. So also if we're using sound, this isn't um, something you cannot connect to if you're not using the, the physical body awareness. Yeah. So we can feel this contraction in its kind of grossest levels um, in the body, yeah, and more subtly in the energy body or in this field of awareness. So I'm going to use energy body and field of awareness interchangeably. Uh, probably, yeah, that's a habit <laughs> that I'm not going to be able to control, so I'm warning you. But, you know, if I say energy body, I mean field of awareness and, and the other way around, they're, they're the same thing. Um, and so when we notice contraction in the body or in the field of awareness, um, then it's kind of uh, pretty clear that's an indication that there's some degree of dukkha. Uh, in the experience, yeah, it might be quite subtle, dukkha, if the subtle, if the contraction is subtle, but there'll be some dukkha, some form of holding on or pushing away of experience. Um, and this body sense, yeah, is very, is more accessible to us um, than, uh, for example, another form of contraction will be in the thinking, yeah, there's certain thinking patterns that maybe we know when there's strong desire or aversion these manifestations of craving and grasping. Um, but the, the body sense or the field of awareness sense is more accessible and more workable. It's less complex for us. With the thoughts, uh, they're more sticky. We get more entangled in them. So um, the encouragement is really to work with the contraction in the body um, and in the field of the body. Yeah, the energy body, the field of awareness. As I said, that's relevant um, also to those who are working with sound as the primary object. So when, um, so this is where it gets interesting. When there's contraction in the body, that's an indication there's craving and dukkha around. Uh, when we notice there's craving and that starts to fade, we can feel the body relaxing and opening more. So we can develop the sensitivity to this process um, through paying attention. And so that understanding, dukkha because of the contraction, yeah, dukkha because of the craving, yeah. be really helpful for us, not in the object. Yeah? So we're shifting from the habit of seeing the dukkha is in the object. Yeah, the dukkha is in the sound, the dukkha is in this physical sensation. Rather than in the object, the dukkha is in the contraction and the craving, yeah, which are ways of relating to the experience. And so today we're really going to emphasize um, in the practice the capacity that we have to work with the dukkha directly through working with the craving and the contraction directly. Yeah. We're working with the, with the craving and the contraction uh, directly, 
directly releasing the contractedness, uh, relaxing the craving and the clinging, and easing the relationship to phenomena. So we've mentioned this thing of less demand on experience. Yeah, putting less demand on experience, it needs to be like this. And we can do that by directly relaxing contraction in the body, relaxing the craving and clinging in the body and the mind. And then the whole relationship to the phenomena eases, becomes less demanding, less about me. And so whatever dukkha arises in relation to whatever it arises, whether it's arising in relation to something in the body, to an emotion, to a sound, um, we go directly to the contraction and the craving. Yes, it's a shift in the emphasis. Go directly to the craving and, um, and the contraction. And as we do that, yeah, we can see this, um, this spectrum in our experience. The stronger the desire and aversion, the, the manifestations of craving and grasping, the stronger they are, the stronger the contraction will be. Uh, the firmer the grip and attention, the more it will take up all our attention. Yeah, we really know this with body pain. Yeah, we talked about this. And the more dukkha there will be. So the stronger the desire or the aversion, the stronger the contraction, the firmer the grip and attention, more of our attention it will take, and the more dukkha there will be. And, um, and then seeing that relationship between body and mind, where we can relax the body, the mind has more space, more ease. Um, when we relax the craving in the mind, the body relaxes. We can begin to see that. And so one more thing about desire or aversion. Um, so again, we're really, what, what we're doing with this practice is minimizing the story. So it doesn't even matter if what we're experiencing is desire or aversion. They're both forms of craving and of clinging. Yeah. Whether we're pushing something away or we're trying to get something or to hold on to it. Um, in, the, in the body field and in the field of awareness, they'll feel the same. There'll be a sense of contraction. That's what we're interested in. Um, and as we kind of get more familiar with our experience, we can see desire and aversion are actually two sides of the same coin. When there's one, there's the other. Yeah. So if I'm uh, having a pleasant, you know, fantasizing about something else, uh, than, than the breath right now, um, there's, a, there's some degree of aversion to the experience that's present right now. Yeah, it's not good enough in some way. Yeah, and if I'm aversive to the experience right now, to what's going on in my experience right now, there's a desire for something else. So they always arise together. It's just, it's just interesting to, to see that. And so, therefore, um, it doesn't matter to us so much in this practice whether this is a... a you know, reaching out for something you're pushing away. Yeah. But rather, um, that movement itself of the craving, of the clinging, of the contraction that arises with dukkha. And so one more thing about this practice. Um, 
So we may be doing the practice, yeah, and working directly, and I'll guide us through this, how to do that. Working directly with relaxing the contraction, uh, with easing the dukkha, uh, the, the, the craving and the dukkha. Um, and we might find quite a lot of relief or some relief just from working in this way. And sometimes we might, you know, feel like I'm really doing it. I'm really kind of inviting the body to relax. Um, I'm really opening to the experience, but nothing's changing. Yeah, there's no effect. So at those times, humor, really helpful. Um, and particularly then with a sense of humor, just notice if there's um, any subtle aversion to the phenomena. Yeah, that's resulting in what we call deal-making. Okay, so it's kind of like, okay, I'll pay attention to you and I'll allow you to be here so that you go away. Yeah. And this is so common to, for us and we've got to smile or laugh, you know, at that kind of subtle way um, that we kind of deal, make deals, try to make deals with our experience. Um, and so that subtle level of aversion is what will get in the way. Yeah, of any release coming. So um, then the language yeah, is, is helpful. So rather than um, this kind of letting go of like, okay, I'm going to let go of my aversion so that you actually, you know, skedaddle, that you actually get out of here, um, we can change the language to just a sense of letting it be, yeah, allowing it to be, letting this be. Yeah, welcome to be here, welcome to stay, welcome to go in your own time. So the, the, you know, I think we've been saying it through the days, the, the practice isn't about getting a perfect setup, yeah, a pain-free body or, um, you know, a blissful mind, those beautiful aspirations, but it's, it's really about um, having a, a, a way of relating to experience which has a wide range wide range and can be with some ease even when things are not um, how we'd like them to be yeah. even when there's the natural manifestations of a human body which experiences pain and discomfort and of a human heart and mind which experiences challenges so something that can be really helpful with this is to kind of help to have more of a meta attitude kind of highlighting the kindfulness in the mindfulness and the meta in the practice yeah. welcoming phenomena allowing phenomena to arise to be present and to go in its own time yeah. so that, again that sense of less um, prefer preference less self self and less demanding for things to be a certain way and yeah meta and humor both really helpful uh, as we practice in this way. Okay, so that was the introduction. And uh, I'll guide the practice now. And we'll explore uh, ways of, of doing this practice, of going to the contraction, of going to the, to the craving. And we'll begin by bringing the awareness to the body and settling into the posture. 
taking your time to adjust the posture and to settle into the body as you do that. Finding a posture where the body feels stable, steady, supported. A balance of uprightness and ease in the body. Capacity to be still and steady through the meditation without tension building up. And so grounding the awareness in the body or with sound, whichever practice you're using, taking some moments to settle and ground body awareness or the sound. And whether you're working with the body or with sound, gently opening, allowing the awareness to spread and open. To the whole field of the body field of awareness in the body. Or the field of sound, the field of hearing. As we do this, tuning in, as we open, expand, stretch the awareness. Tuning into the sensitive, responsive quality of awareness, this knowing of experience, receiving of experience.
the awareness wide and open, stretched, expansive, through sound or throughout the body and a little bit beyond the body. Sensitive. Responsive. This wide open field of awareness. We can open to the presence when it arises of dukkha. And particularly in the form of contraction or craving. So we can notice that when there's an unpleasant sensation in the body that's maybe pulling our attention or an unpleasant sound, or it might be just in the shrinking of the field of awareness that happens naturally. Take a moment to notice that, to feel that, and feel the contraction in that. Or it might be in the form of a distraction, like a thought or a memory or an emotion. Whatever it is, whatever arises within that field of awareness that's wide and spacious and open, interest is to notice the presence of the craving and clinging that can be seen most clearly in the contraction of the body space or the contraction of awareness. That's what we're bringing our attention and awareness to. Any sense of contraction any sense of craving and clinging. And seeing what happens when we notice, acknowledge, Mm -hmm. recognize that contraction in the body or in awareness. And then relax the body, relax awareness, either through using the breath or through stretching awareness out or an invitation to the body to relax and let go. So awareness is wide and open in the body or with the realm of sound. We're noticing contraction and clinging, craving, dukkha as they arise. And then seeing how we can invite that contraction to relax and to ease. And be through stretching the awareness out again to sound or to the whole body. It can be with a breathing if that's helpful for you. Or an invitation for the body and mind to relax and let go.
there's any easing of that contraction, feeling the relief of that, enjoying it. You may find that you work with the same contraction for a long time, maybe the whole sitting. And there may be easing and contracting. That's fine. It may be that that contraction relaxes, disappears, and you open out to the whole field again, sensitive to the presence of contraction in the body or in the field of awareness. And then inviting, easing, relaxation of the contraction through stretching the awareness, through inviting that particular contraction to relax, to let go. Exploring what works for you.
nice wide stretched expansive within that field experience being known when you notice the presence of dukkha through contraction through the pushing away and resistance of experience or the pulling towards the grasping, the craving, the clinging. What happens if you relax the contraction or another possibility? What happens if you welcome and allow and open to this phenomena as fully as possible? an unpleasant sound or a pleasant sound, an unpleasant body sensation or a pleasant body sensation. It's opening and allowing, welcoming this phenomena to arise, to be, to pass in its own time, in its own way. Think for yourself what happens when you tune in to this type of attitude and intention. Either welcoming and allowing the phenomena to be or to pass. Noticing the impact on contraction, on craving, on dukkha as you do this. Sometimes can be helpful to use very gentle noting or labeling, like welcome, allowed, or just a reminder to yourself, opening to this, opening. Any ease that arises in a moment, any pleasantness that arises, spending time with that, resting into that, absorbing into that.
once more opening to feel, to know where you are right now, what the experience is right now. When you open out the field of awareness to sound or through the body, welcoming and allowing any phenomena as fully as possible. bringing in a third possible way of relating to experience in a way that reduces contraction and craving. When dukkha arises through a pushing away or a grasping onto something, what happens if we see the phenomena, we see the appearance as dukkha? because it cannot bring lasting satisfaction. Seeing this phenomena, seeing this appearance as dukkha, because it cannot bring lasting satisfaction. And we can use a gentle labeling, opening that clenched hand of craving or aversion opening or sometimes it can be helpful to just use a gentle label of dukkha towards that phenomena whether it's something which is unpleasant or pleasant that we are pushing away or are pulling towards us what happens when we remember to open to it cannot bring lasting satisfaction whether it stays or goes or when we see it as dukkha Again, any release, relief, pleasantness that arises through the practice, spending some time with that, savoring, appreciating, resting into that release and relief.
What is it like in the body field, in the field of awareness, to experience dukkha and to experience the release or the lessening of it? Letting yourself feel that as you relax contraction, as you allow and welcome phenomena to arise and to pass, as you see appearances, as you see phenomena, as dukkha, because it arises with contraction, because it does not lead to lasting satisfaction. So, first thing to say is you don't need to remember all of this. Um, We used kind of three possible practices in this session. Uh, Helpful to choose one and use that one. Uh, Practices we used were um, relaxing the contraction in the body through stretching the awareness, through uh, the breath, if that helps relax, through an invitation to the body and mind to relax and let go. That was one. The second was to um, receive phenomena. So there was phenomena associated with with any sense of dukkha or contraction. To receive that, allow it, welcome it, open to it. And the third was to see that phenomena, that appearance, as dukkha. Because... It arises with contraction because it cannot provide lasting satisfaction in itself. And so um, all of this is written down. Um, There's a link from the notice board, right from the top of the notice board to to an A4 sheet that kind of includes all of this. There's more possibilities there, but I I would really um, recommend to just choose one of these three or maybe two and work with those. Just wanted to give you a taste of the three here in the session. Um, It can be really interesting. It's really important, first of all, any sense of release that comes or relief, even if it's small, from the practice to notice it and to stay with it. That's how we integrate insight and deepen insight. So any sense of that, stay with that, yeah, and enjoy it, 
and open to it, welcome it, uh, whatever possible, in whatever way possible. Um, and generally, um, also notice that the impact of doing this practice on the sense of self um, and on the whole heart-body-mind experience. But yeah, something we kind of just beginning to touch on, um, touched on a little bit through the days, that sense of self, of identification that comes up um, with the dukkha, with the craving. Just noticing for yourself. And so through the day today, um, in the walking practice and in the sitting practice, um, being attentive yeah, to the presence of dukkha in experience through the presence of contraction yeah, and of craving. So craving we might notice more in the thoughts or in the leaning towards something or away from something. We can, lean, we can feel it in the body, physical body or the energy body, the field of awareness, the leaning towards, the, the, the leaning away from. Um, attentive to the presence of dukkha through the pres- presence of contraction and craving and then bringing in one of these insight wave, ways of looking practices that we've done. Yeah, relaxing the body, opening the field of awareness, allowing, welcoming, opening, um, and seeing phenomena as dukkha or um, you know, unsatisfactory because it cannot give lasting satisfaction, because it comes with contraction. Um, so very light labeling there. And, and really, um, just to say, <laughs> this isn't an ultimate truth that we need to believe or disbelieve in. Yeah? The, the um, encouragement here is just to try this as a way of looking and see what it brings. Yeah? When we see phenomena in this way, when we explore dukkha in this way, um, what, what happens? Yeah? How does that impact our experience? How does that impact um, ill-being and well-being? And that's what we want to know for ourselves. Yeah, and yeah, I'll say it once again, this is the most important thing. Any sense of ease, release, freedom, well-being that arises, stay with it. <laughs> yeah, stay with it, kind of um, like um, immerse yourself in it, like in a, in a cool lake on a hot day. Yeah, immerse yourself in that feeling, in that presence. So that same instruction for the walking and the sitting and the in-between. And like always, with a sense of what's appropriate for you. So more metta practice appropriate for you, do more metta, more compassion, do more compassion, more joy, do more joy, stretched awareness, breath, body, sound, all of them are available. Vedana, seeing what's appropriate. Good. So thank you for your listening and your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.